Will you pray with me? Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts together be acceptable in your sight through Christ Jesus, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Late last summer, as I was praying in retreat about the preaching and pulpit ministry for the coming year, and I came to this Sunday and realized that Easter was on April Fool's Day, I began to rub my hands together and think of all the delights that we could uh, get our hands on. And I want to tell you that your trustees love you very much because I actually petitioned them to help me play an April Fool's joke this morning. I wanted to come in yesterday and unbolt the pews and turn them around <laughs> and put the choir in the balcony and I would preach from the balcony up there and then anyone who came late to Easter Sunday would have the whole congregation staring at them as they walked in. I thought that was a great idea. The trustees declined, although later I heard it was not because they thought the idea lacked merit, they just didn't want to do the work. <laughs> there was a story told of an architect as churches began to shed the trappings of old cathedrals and began to be innovative in the way they designed, this architect proposed to a building committee once that he would build a church that had no pews in it except for the very back row. But as soon as that row was full, it would slide forward three or four feet and a new row would appear right behind it. And so that as people arrived in church, they could come forward. That same architect had also proposed a brand new offering plate to be passed around. And if you put paper, money, or a check in it, it would chime beautifully. And if it uh, was coins that were put in, it would sound a klaxon, you know, like that. And if you passed it without putting anything in, it took your picture. Uh, <laughs> it's easy to laugh, but of course, there is nothing we could ever put in an offering plate that can compare to what God has put on the table this week. And it doesn't matter how far or close we sit to God. For in the Easter news, God created a gospel that goes out into the world. And it doesn't matter which direction we angle the pews. There's only one altar in the church. There is only one Lord in the church. There is only one Spirit who with the Son and the Father is the God and Father of us all. And we are nobody's fools on this April Fool's Day. For walking with Mary to the tomb, racing to the tomb with Peter and the disciple whom Jesus was loving, for seeking out the Easter news and trying to hear again the marvelous story. But I really want to hear the story this morning. For three of the gospel writers say that early on the morning of the first week they went to the tomb, but John, John phrases it differently. He says, and Mary set out for the tomb on the first day of the week, and it was still dark. Still dark. All through the Gospel of John, the author gives us this marvelous interplay of dark and light. When you read about the conversations, the dialogues that Jesus has all through the Gospel of Mark, you are tracking your way through a long day, starting with a conversation with Nicodemus at night or a conversation with a woman at a well at noonday, 
or a conversation about some Greeks who want to see Jesus in the last night before he was betrayed. We've kind of walked with Jesus in the reading of his gospel through a whole day. And now on this Easter morning, as John begins to put the 20th chapter down on paper, he wants us to know that a new day is dawning. This is not a continuation of what always was, but a whole new act of creation is taking place. The Gospel of John begins with those words, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And your mind immediately goes from John 1 to Genesis 1, where the Spirit was hovering over the waters of chaos, and God said, let there be light. And so the world of our five senses, the world that we have known and grown in, that was created in the first act of creation. And I believe with all my heart that what John would have us know this morning is that a whole new act of creation took place in Jesus Christ. A new reality, a new kingdom, a new world is breaking forth, invisible to the world around us, but for those who are given the eyes to see by the Spirit of God, something real and precious and wonderful. Nikolai Bukharin, along with Trotsky and Lenin, were the people who fomented the Russian Bolshevik Revolution that led to the Soviet Union. Early in 1930, Bukharin was asked to travel from Moscow to Kiev to speak to a, a huge gathering of people. And the theme of his subject that day was atheism. And he unloaded everything in his arsenal, fired every humanistic, atheistic weapon he could at the crowd, thinking that he was reducing their weak faith structures to rubble. He went on and on and on, looked up proudly to see the smoking debris that his speech had given, and he asked, are there any questions? And one solitary figure raised his hand and said, may I have permission to speak? And he walked to the platform, mounted the steps, took a long look at Bukharin, looked to his right, looked to his left, and then spoke very passionately and very simply the words of the Orthodox greeting, Christ is risen! And every soul in the room stood up and shouted back, he is risen indeed, hallelujah. Our faith goes out. Those who have been touched by Christ cannot deny his presence. And those who have not been touched think that we are fools or that somehow we need a religious crutch or that we are wasting our time and our efforts and our treasures. But in these last 2,000 years, it's the churches who have been sponsoring hospitals. It's the churches who are the first in and the last out of almost every disaster area. It's the churches who have built universities. The great monasteries of the Middle Ages were the places of learning in those days. The Sunday school movement was founded by Methodist people in England. 250 years ago. 
And the idea behind that Sunday school movement was that there were workers who had to work six days a week. There were children being pressed into labor. At a very young age, they were being asked to pick coal in the mines and to do other things that only small hands could do. And because they came from impoverished families, they were set on a course of laboring their whole lives and never being able to learn. And so the Methodist people founded a Sunday school movement because the factories and the mines and the shops were closed on Sunday. And they began to reason, if we could teach people to read and to write, then they could read their Bibles and they could understand the gospel. The Sunday school movement was not parochial in its origins, but it was designed to solve a very practical need of educating people. This is what the church does. It moves into the world, not only preaching the resurrection of Christ, but living the resurrection of Christ so that the work that we do reflects his glory and his honor and does his purposed work by the power of the Holy Spirit. Is an affirmation of faith not only with our lips, but more importantly with our hands, with our feet, with our very lives. A friend of mine was asked to be a missionary in Thailand many years ago, and as he got older, he retired and took his newly married wife home with him to the United States, where he was immediately called back. Because of the work of the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia, there were a lot of families being dislocated and placed into refugee camps, those who survived the killing fields. And every missionary in Southeast Asia was trying to find a way to reconnect families who had disappeared from one another. And computers were barely up and running in those days. It was a long and laborious task. Mike told me one day of being in the refugee camp in the evening. And there was a, a small gathering that took place of three, 350 people. And they had one person there who was sharing the gospel of Jesus with them. The refugees were having a kind of worship time. And at the end of the time of worship, the one who was speaking said, now, if we confess Christ before others, he will confess us before the Father. That's what the scriptures say. And so if you are interested in being a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus, if you want to be a Christian this day, then I'm asking you right now to stand up wherever you are. Just stand up and give witness to our captors and those who are holding us that you belong to Christ. And after three or four beats, thank you, people began to stand up and as they stood up, members of the Khmer Rouge were taking their names down to be put on a list, to be dealt with, or even killed. And they stood up anyway. Some would say they were fools for doing so, but they were nobody's fools. They were moved by the Spirit of God. We are not people who open a scrapbook and look at faded black and white photos tattered at the edge of a time when the church celebrated resurrection. But we are a people who move forward in the power of God's spirit. The resurrection is one step in the story along the way to God's completion of his work. And we are the ones 
who have received from Peter and James and John and Paul and the others this beautiful message. But more than that, in the receiving of the message, we receive the Holy Spirit. In the receiving of the waters of our baptism, we receive the Holy Spirit. And in the power of the Spirit, we go on to continue building the kingdom that Jesus preached in his life and in his work. And it is not a kingdom of violence, but a kingdom of reconciliation. And it is not a kingdom of destruction or dominance, but a kingdom of invitation and of love. It is no longer a kingdom of subjecting one to another, but it's a kingdom in which we submit ourselves willfully because the power of God's love surpasses every evil. And death no longer holds sway over us. Oh, we are nobody's fool. We are empowered with an unimaginable power. Because people who are afraid flee or stand their ground or lash out or strike. But those who are empowered with the power of God stand in the face of all such fears and withstand by the power of God. You remember how Paul said it. I am convinced that nothing in all of life, neither height nor depths, nor powers, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor angels, nor things beneath the earth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God which is ours in Christ Jesus. As he went on to make that case, Paul would say, now, if, there is no, if there's no such thing as the resurrection from the dead, then Jesus himself was never raised. And if Jesus himself was never raised, then what are we preaching about? The resurrection and its power lay at the heart of our startling story, but it has an implication for our lives. And that's why Jesus said to Mary on the first day of a new creation, don't cling to me because I have not yet ascended to my Father and yours. And because Jesus ascended, Jesus was able to send the Spirit. And this is how we know God today. For some people, the Spirit speaks first, and then afterwards they find themselves on the way to church. For others, it's the words of the Scripture or it's the comfort of a church that begins to lay the groundwork and the Spirit speaks later. Everyone has a different journey. You have a different journey than me. I have a different journey than you. But the Spirit is the power of God that allows Jesus to be a loving shepherd to all of us. So we celebrate the resurrection today because God has vindicated the faithfulness of his son Jesus and put him on display for all the world to see. But we also celebrate the resurrection because it becomes the pathway for us to live faithfully before God as his daughters and his sons. And this is great news. We are a faith church that goes forward rather than looking behind. There's a new page being written in the history of God's kingdom today. And you have something to write on that page. You are the modern day witnesses to the gospel. God has touched your life in some way. How will you share that? Who will you tell? 
How will you make that faith manifest to the people around you? The, fool, the, the world may call us fools, but we are nobody's fools. For we live in the power of the resurrection of Christ. We live by the power of his Holy Spirit. We are people with a story to tell to all the nations. And as the hymn says, for the darkness shall turn to dawning and the dawning to noonday bright and Christ's great kingdom shall come on the earth, a kingdom of love and of light forever and ever. Amen and amen.